0: Welcome to a brand new episode of Backpass with RAS and we're on a brand new platform as well. So moving away from school. first episode on Restream and with me, I got our resident young man, Mr. Kelvin Singh without our young blood, Joel. And I think these two are just doing some squad rotation to avoid getting fatigued ahead of a long season. How are you doing, Kelvin?
1: Doing great, doing great. You're absolutely right. Um, You know, it's good to have some uh, rotation, squad rotation. Um, so that, you know, we're always fresh and, uh, you know, providing uh, the listeners and the viewers high energy. And I, I can't say I, I was so, uh, I must say I was so impressed with uh, Joel and his research skills. Um, you know, definitely kudos to him. And and and, uh, and I watched the episode uh, with Malik, uh, the last one. And, yeah. uh, you know, what an episode it was.
0: Yeah, yeah I was going to ask you about that episode with uh, Malik Awap a legend of Singapore football, played in Malaysia as well for KL. So thanks for sharing your views on that episode. We, I missed, you, think, we missed you I on actually,
1: it. I, no, no. I actually think um, some of the Singaporean players, after watching them play against Malaysia, I think some of them actually might have heard your podcast with Malik Awa because I think um, certain players actually stepped up their game. <laughs> <I> <laughs> would say. Uh, I won't mention who,
2: but like you know. <laughs>
0: yeah, I guess I think we know who. So, anyways, <laughs> moving on to this episode, Kelvin, you would remember AC Milan from the noughties under Carlo Ancelotti, right?
1: Yeah, the Shevchenko period. Yeah. Um, I give you a funny story. I used to play um uh, winning eleven. Uh, that was yeah. like the that's the Pro Evolution uh, soccer. Um, it's like a FIFA. It's not FIFA, but it's like a FIFA competitor, Konami. Um, yeah, on okay. PlayStation, and uh, my team uh, on on that uh, gaming platform usually was um, the Milan team. Uh, those, and then I remember playing with uh, two strikers and uh, the diamond midfield, which was oh, yeah. crazy. Kaká, Perlo, Siddharth and Gattuso. So uh-huh. they were my uh, diamond midfield. Then you got the camp. so 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 crazy. Uh, you know, those were those were my players then.
0: Okay, but what you might not know was that before the noughties, there was a generation from the late 80s to the 90s that was even greater than that Milan that you know of. And this Milan that we're going to talk about today is rated as one of the greatest club sites ever and it's similar to Pep Guardiola's Barcelona. Only thing missing was of course that Milan team never won a treble. So that's well, the
2: only it could have won a treble back in nineteen ninety, but I'll, I'll I'll touch on that later. <laughs> okay, so
0: yeah. He's here he is firing before introduction. Yeah. Mr. Javier Young representing Milan Club Singapore and uh we got Ahmad Fawaz representing Milan, Malaysia. How you doing, guys?
2: Oh, I'm, I'm great. How are you as? I'm very well.
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, thank you, Fawaz. Um,
3: thank you for inviting we... us.
0: Yes, yes, pleasure. Pleasure. I, I don't believe you two have met Javier and Fawaz.
2: No, no. Yeah. This is the first time I'm meeting him. No, we're right, we're the never. borders are
0: open yeah. now. The borders
1: <laughs>
2: are open so you guys can, uh, you know, um, cross <laughs> so over. Where are you guys, Fawaz? Are you in JB or KL?
3: I'm in Perak, actually. Uh, oh, Pera. some... Okay.
2: Okay, so... Yeah, Kelly, some 200
3: kilometers from uh, KL.
2: Yeah, but anyway, now the borders are open, so let's hope we we can have a chance to catch up in person.
0: Yeah, Uh, that'd be fantastic, right? Javier, um, uh, very briefly, how do you become a Milan fan? I know it was in
2: 1987. Yeah, but uh, before that, I was uh, watching football. I was a football fan. Mm. It's just that I, I wasn't really following a club. Mm. Until I saw Saki Milan because they played yeah. the way that I thought how a professional football team or how a, a great football team should play. So, mm. so I was kind mm-hmm. of like being a mesmerized by the style that Saki Milan played, and from mm. then on, I, I I just became a fan.
0: Okay, cool. Yourself, I was again. Uh, which part of Perak are you at?
3: I'm actually in Ipoh. Uh, Ipoh.
2: Okay.
0: The, Ipoh.
3: Basically, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. All right. Cool. All right. And uh, a little birdie told me that you're a doctor. Is that right?
3: Oh, yeah. I'm actually uh, not really medical doctor, but uh, I'm a, a lecturer, actually. Oh, but,
2: right. uh,
3: I get my doctorate uh, in finance, actually.
2: Okay. okay, so oh. then,
3: don't ask me about medical things. Eh? Yeah, <laughs> so okay. I work
2: in the financial sector, so maybe we can have other things to talk about oh, well. ah. that, that's nice that, yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Wonderful synergy from that the start be between our guests here. Yeah? Um, for us, 1989 was when you started spotting Milan. Um, yourself, how mm. do you become a Milan fan?
3: Uh, This is actually perhaps due to my father. Uh, He was actually into Diego Maradona. So during those period, there was a very, I mean, the Hades of the Calcio. So the battles between Napoli and Milan was kind of a titanic battle. So my father will go to this uh, video shop, you know, those times, those in the eighties, we go to video yeah. shop to rent normally movies. But my father will, will actually rent all these uh football games, football highlights. So we watched those together, and I was very fond of the particular Gulit and his hairstyle mm-hmm. those okay, times. Okay. So that was the first.
0: <laughs> all right, cool. Okay, so moving on. So this is going to be a roundtable discussion. The first topic all we're right. going to discuss will be the ownership of the club. So for us, the first question to you, and uh, Javier, mm-hmm. anytime. Even if the question is not directed at you, if you wish to add on something, please feel free to speak, okay? Okay, sure. Fawaz, Silvio Berlusconi saved Milan from bankruptcy in 1986 and within a year, Milan had already tasted success by winning the Scudetto. So, in such a short Mm -hmm. space of time, what was the first most important thing he did? to set Milan on the way to success.
3: Okay, I often believe that the way that Berlusconi carry himself, the, the he's he's very charismatic leader, influential, yeah. and also in a way, he's, he lived larger than life, basically. So, yeah. he managed to get this kind of uh, attitude imbued in the Milan players. They At first, nobody believed him. He promised to be a world champion in five years. Nobody believes him, right? Yeah. But then again, he showed it with his uh, strategy, with his intention, and the purchase or the or important players such as Gilly and such as Van Bas- Basten I think mm. that would be the key actually. The way he carried himself, people trust in him.
2: Mm. Okay, okay, cool. For, and, for me, yeah. uh, I'll, I'll just add on uh, yeah. Berlusconi mm-hmm. is the Roman Abramovich of his era. Yeah, oh, so, uh, so that, that I think everybody would agree. So back then, he was a very successful businessman. So, yeah. you know what, for, for a businessman to be successful, you have to take risks. So he yeah. took some risk during that time in that uh, he trusted Saki and he appointed Saki as coach. The reason he appointed Saki as coach, Saki at that time was a nobody. But because his Mm -hmm. Palmer team beat Milan in the Coppa Italia and not just beat Milan, his Palmer team from Serie B outplayed Milan and played a style which Berlusconi was really enchanted and he said, okay, this guy could make I mean, a, a team of just ordinary players, player style and outplay my, my so-called much-fancy team. I want this guy to be my coach. So he, he took a gamble. He appointed Saki as coach. He was willing to spend big at the time with a lot of uh, big signings like uh, Hulid Van Basten, And uh, the rest is history.
0: Yeah. I, on this point, I got to share with my co-host Kelvin. At that time, Italian Serie A was the best because all these big clubs in Serie A were all owned by fans of the clubs. I mean, rich fans of oh. that club. So for the better mm-hmm. or for the worse, these people pumped in the money and they, that's why you know they attracted all the big stars to Italy. Of course, they ne- never really cared about the balance of the financial books and uh, so, that so, eventually led to the downfall of uh, Italian football. But the rise of Italian football was just because of this. It's basically like English football today, but just that the clubs are owned by fans. So whatever decisions they make for the better or for the worse, as I said, sometimes very impulsive, but it's all made as a fan. So that's a backstory on how uh, and why Italian football was great in those days. Staying with you, Javier, you've been a season ticket holder at Milan, right? How many years
2: has that been? Uh, Since, I would say, uh, 1999.
0: Okay, all right. So we spoke, uh, Fawaz spoke about the personality of Velasconi and um, he had a wild side to him. I think we all know that. And so I just want to tap on your experience or any stories that you've heard in the 90s. Were there any wild or crazy things he did at Milan? Uh,
2: maybe not so in the 90s because in the 90s, his uh, focus then was more towards politics. You yeah. know, at the time he, yeah. he wanted to become a prime minister and all that, but where he first became uh, the president in, in the 80s and all that. There were some stories or some report. I don't know how, how true they are, but, uh, okay, some of them are true. Like uh, when he first, uh, for all the big signings and all that, when he first kind of like get them to meet the fans, he made them appear in a helicopter. So so he's like the helicopter landing in San Siro, and then all the players all came up from the helicopter to greet the fans. So that was something pretty big back in those days and then also for some corporate events that he attended because uh like as a businessman he has a lot of corporate so he would sneak in one or two of his players like i know uh it attended some some corporate events and and just appeared the guests were like oh you got your your star player <laughs> to come and attend our event and uh, also the private side, I'll leave it aside, and I, I, you can read it. Uh, what whatever party he hosted at home, I guess. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you can, you can I, read, up you up read it. it. Then I know. know. Then that that I know. know. That you know, right, Kelvin? <laughs> <laughs> and also, I think uh, after, the bunga, okay, bunga. after after Milan won the European Cup in 1989 in in Barcelona, where they beat a uh, Steaua Bucharest four oh, uh, nil. Yeah. He told Saki, okay, look, I want to travel with the team back on the team bus back to the hotel. I'm not taking my own limo and all that. I want to travel the team on the team bus back to the hotel. I want to join the celebrations. Hmm. Interesting.
0: Yeah, so that that's that and I think that's wrapped up the ownership topic right now. I think quite <laughs> short and brief. Moving on now to managers. The managers that were responsible for the success of Milan. So, Favas. Arrigo Saki, as uh, mentioned here already, he came out of nowhere and he won one -hmm. Scudetto, one Supercoppa Italiana, two European Cups, today's Champions League, two European Super Cups and two Intercontinental Cups in just four years of his time at Milan. What was his playing style like for us?
3: In many ways, Saki brings Milan a new vision, a new style. Um, I remember that basically... Before Saki came to Milan, before in fact, Serie A itself was very played in a very slow tempo. And yeah. normally, when the teams lead, they get one goal and then basically they are part going the, to defend yeah. that goal. All yeah, oh apart yeah, the bus, we don't use that term <laughs> those times, right? Anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Saki changed things. Uh, for, I think the most important part is the way he the philosophy that he tried to pass to his teams that they must. Keep on scoring. They must keep on pressing, and the thing pressing that nowadays everybody is talking about. Those pressing by, I mean, by first Guardiola and then Klopp, but it wasn't there in 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 80s or 90s. So Saki was the man who perfected this the system. Uh, of course, he get lots of help with the the the. the 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 loss that time the the way that they can pass it back to the keeper the keeper can uh, yeah, yeah, hold yeah. the ball and also the offside rule also play parts as well but then again they keep on pressing okay so this kind of pressing was perhaps uh, was never heard of especially in Italian in Italian Serie A especially and the, then they Take it to the European stage as well, and they surprise everybody with the new look of Milan and the new look of Italian football. So the zonal marking was basically always attributed back to him because he is the one who, not the the one who initiated, but he was the one who make it perfect. So it was Saki Milan who basically bring the modern football that we know nowadays.
2: Correct. So, so Saki's Milan played a very, I would say, un-Italian style. Yeah. Despite being an Italian team, yeah. they played a very un-Italian style with a lot of uh, pressing, high defensive line, and uh, mm. zoner marking. Because back then in Italy, every, ta- um, I would say almost every team played with man marking. Mm. So they played with two man markers and a sweeper. But Saki played with a flat back four, zona marking, high pressing, and high defensive line. And the thing back then was... Uh, Pressing and attacking, that was something of a, I would say, a revolution. Back then, hardly any team were, were playing this style of football.
0: Mm. Okay, Javier, staying, on, staying with you. So after Saki left to be the manager of the Italian national team, Fabio Capello took over. In slightly controversial circumstances, I must say, but he built on Saki's era. He won four Scudetti, three Supercopa Italiana, one Champions League and one European Super Cup. How different was his style to Saki?
2: Uh, I would say Capello's style is more tactical. He, he, his uh, focus is more on tactic. He's someone who will sometimes make tactical uh, changes and all that in the game. For Saki, he believes in his system. For, for, me, for, for him, for Saki, is, my system is perfect. So once my players played well within my system, we will win. And whatever changes he makes is always a player for player, striker for striker, midfielder for striker, and all that. He will not tinker with his system. My yeah. players must play within my system. Capello yeah. will sometimes uh, see how the game reacts and all that, and then sometimes he will make in-game tactical changes. That is the main main difference between these two coaches. Okay. But would you say
0: uh, Capello's style was defensive or still attacking?
2: For me, defensive. I still defensive. Style. Yeah, we it. <laughs> uh, how, how defensive? Well, uh, I I would say uh, there was one season where Milan, uh, I think you have that yeah. in one of uh, yeah, the... Yeah, yeah, we got to touch that. Milan only considered it that goes throughout, but, but that, that Milan was way too defensive. And to be quite honest with you, for, for me, I don't like watching that, that Milan team mm. because it was way too defensive compared to how Saki's team used to play.
0: Okay. All right, Fawaz, now we're going to... Can I add a- something?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. sorry can I what, add something you... on Kapello? Yeah, yeah,
0: sure.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> by but, but the way, I think, uh to be a little bit precise, in the first year, he took over from uh, Saki. He was offensive. And yeah. That was the period when Van Basten was at his peak right. and Gullit also was free of uh, of injury. So, they were winning by very large magic. I remember, yeah. okay. okay, Forgia, 8-2 uh, against Fiorentina, 5-2. But after that, after the Messi injured, then I think he, I think Capello in many ways is a very pragmatic uh, uh, coach. He changed things. And as uh, Javier said, then he changed to become a little bit more defensive because Correct. he is losing his stars, star striker, by the way. The Correct. best player but, in the world at the
2: time. Uh, Forwards, for I think uh, when, when Capello took over, I agree that, that that first year he took over, that Milan team was still quite playing the old Saki because it was already a very well-oiled machine. So, Capello didn't mm-hmm. really make that many twitches and all that. The players, okay. like Saki's system is still pretty much in, in the mindset of all those players, so they could still pretty Indeed. much play, play uh, the style that, that they were used to. But because of yeah. the injuries later to Van Basten and all that, yes, that's where Capello has to make some adjustment, and Capello had to make some maybe changes to his game plan, and, and that's where his his style became more defensive.
3: Mm, I agree. Totally.
0: Okay, for us, this is an honorary yeah. mention to Mr. Alberto Zaccaroni, mm. who won the last Scudetto of the 90s in 1998-99. What did he do right that season to win it for Milan?
3: <laughs> okay, I always feel that that night, that was the centenary years actually, 100 years of yeah. Milan. Uh, I always feel that uh, in many ways, uh, Zaccaroni team was not the, uh, I mean, classical Milan, not typical of the Milan's strange Milan me. Three, four, three. With 3 Ho, Sejin Ho on the left side, and then he will cross the ball, and then they were very half that time, and then he yeah. was a very good header. All right, um, but also I mean, I mean, I'm a Milan fan also. But then again, then again, to be very honest, I think uh, it was Juve's and Inter's. Uh, basically, they, the decline of Juve and Inter yeah. during their period because uh, Juventus was losing Delgado you know, for ACL, and Inter was losing Ronaldo as well. So, a little mm. bit lucky, but also, spot he managed to get all the tactics spot
2: on at that time. Mm. It was uh, I, I would say that, that 99 Scudetto was uh, an unexpected Scudetto. Nobody expected uh, yeah. Milan to, to win <laughs> at that time. Uh, at one stage, I believe Lazio were leading the table by maybe 9 to 10 right. points, yeah, and, right. and, and Milan were the chasing, chasing pack. But the last seven games, the the last seven games, Milan won the last final seven league matches, and they, they managed to to overtake Lazio on the final day to to win the Scudetto. There yeah. were some some lucky moments uh, in in that season. One of which was uh, the I remember against Sampdoria in the 94th minute, uh, Maurizio Gans got the game-winning goal via the de- deflection. Yeah. That was uh, uh, in the 94th minute. So. If if that goal has has been ruled out, or or let's say if, if uh, the referee hasn't given that that many uh, injury time, then maybe the Scudetto will have gone to Lazio. Mm, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm a big I'm a big Serie A fan, and I remember that season as well. You I know? uh, I can't believe how Milan won that league because, like <laughs> like you say, you know, Lazio Do they were know the most support in Italian Serie A. I, I don't think they know who I support.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like in, in I know, I know. The blue half of Milano. Milano. Yeah, <coughs>
0: we are brothers, man. We are cousins. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, I really can't believe that. And um, on this point also, since you've mentioned my allegiance, i got to say, when I started watching Italian football in Serie A in the ni- early 90s, of course, my favourite player is this guy here, if you can guess.
3: Baggio. Yeah, so
0: so Juventus was a team I watched quite closely because of this player. And then Milan was always a very impressive team to me because whenever you saw highlights of Italian Serie A or you heard it on news, it's always Milan win. This team, Milan wins that team, Marco and Baston scoring a hat trick. You know, so that is stuck in my mind. So I'll share more memories of Milan later. And um, moving on from managers, we go talk about the legacies and the triumphs of Milan, which is a fantastic topic to speak about. Javier, Milan in ninety-one-92, the original Invincibles. So before Arsenal man- managed that, Milan were the original Invincibles. Mm-hmm. When the entire season unbeaten, they set an Italian record of 58 games from 19 May ninety one to 21st March 93 unbeaten in that period was there a match or some match you felt maybe Milan might lose this run uh
2: at the time no I mean when when you look at that that Milan it was really dominating not just in in Syria but also in in Europa. Europe in 91, 92 they were, they were banned from European mm. competition so so what did the, they banned? Uh, a bit of a history. So, in, in the 19, 1991 season, uh, Milan were playing Marseille in the uh, yeah. uh, old European, European Cup, uh, yeah. or now it's the Champions League, but then it was still called the European Cup. And then it was in the semi finals. Uh, they were playing Marseille. They were they were trailing one 0 and the floodlights went out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the the match was stopped, and then uh, the players went back to the dressing. But uh, when when the the floodlights resumed and all that, uh, Galliani <laughs> had a thing, ordered the players, "Okay, do not return to the pitch. We are not going to play." So so. UEFA kind of like deemed this as uh, unsportsmanlike behavior, and they awarded the game to Marseille and they banned Milan from European competition for one season. So, the 91-92 season, well, in hindsight, I look the way I look at it, uh, Milan were able to stay unbeaten. Maybe the the ban that one-year European ban could be mm. one reason because they can solely are and and uh, without any European distractions. So that could have also been a reason as to why they were able to dominate that season and they go that entire season unbeaten. Mm.
0: Okay, so us this is something we have already touched on a bit earlier. 93-94, yeah. Milan had the meanest defence in the league. 15 goals conceded over 34 games. They had an all-Italian defence, Mauro Tassotti, Franco Baresi, Alessandro Costacurta, Paolo Maldini... And the goalkeeper, Sebastiano Rossi, when 11 matches without conceding a goal, which at the time was the longest string a goalkeeper had gone without conceding in Serie A. What made this defence so hard to penetrate?
3: They move like a symphony, a perfect orchestra. They have trained for together for such a long time under Saki and then they now gel together. They, even Barasi said they, they will move together and they, they think together as if they know... They have this, some kind of mutual understanding between them. It was delightful to see. But then again, as we already mentioned, uh, during this period, I think the main reason is actually because Milan has changed their philosophy. Under Saki, it was always out uh, all out attack. But then under Capello, they were a little bit more pragmatic and they know when to defend and when to attack. So this balance helps to basically to protect them to, uh, from any kinds of goals or the, during those times. I think you want to add something? Yeah,
2: I, I'll just add one more point because what you said is true because that team, that, that defensive unit has played together for about five, five, six years under Saki and all that. So the the synergy, the understanding is there. They just need one look or yeah. even one glance. They already knew what, <laughs> what the teammate is going to do. So the understanding, the the synergy is is there. And then uh, the one reason I want to add as to what made that, that team uh, really more compact defensively was uh, there is actually, in fact, a fifth defender, Marcel Desailly. So Desailly, at that time, was signed from Marseille. Uh, And if you look at the, the career of Marcel Desailly, Milan is the only team where he played in midfield. He played as a defensive midfielder in Milan. So elsewhere... Uh, with all his other teams, whether is it at Nantes, at Marseille, at Chelsea, or for the French national right. team, yeah. he has thing. always played as a central defender. So yeah, when yeah. he comes to Milan at that time, I think Capello initially wanted him to uh, play in, in defence as well. Uh, more, he's at that time viewed as a more of a, a long-term replacement for bar But after Rijkaard left, that midfield lacked that, that uh, toughness, that aggression. So Capello decided, OK, never mind, I'll move for... Uh, Desai to midfield, uh, kind of like as the replacement for Ricard, and then that's where now Desai added that toughness, added that uh, I would say more, give that that defense more protection. So that make the team even more compact defensively. Mm.
0: Also, got to add that a season before Desai joined Milan, he was part of the Marseille team that beat Correct. Milan in the yep. European yeah. Cup. But final. he played
2: for for he played in uh, as a central defender for that Marseille team. Yeah
0: yeah. yeah, so that's a bit of a history there. Yeah. And this one now, speaking about European Cup finals, Javier, this for me is the most impressive performance by any team till today as a neutral in a Champions League or European Cup final. Milan beat the favourites at that time, Johan Cruyff's dream team, Barcelona, 4-0 in the Champions League final. And this was impressive because they were missing Marco and Baston. At that point in time, they had the world's most expensive player also, Gianluigi Lentini. He was missing. Barresi was suspended. Costa Corte was suspended. And I remember Johan Cruyff was very confident that uh, Barcelona mm, is going to beat yeah. Milan <laughs> leading up to the final. So he had all the hopes on winning this, but it turned completely upside down. Talk to us about this final, Javier.
2: Okay. Uh, first of all, do, do you know who is my favorite uh, Milan player of all time? Question to question. you guys. Take a guess. A good
0: question. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Maldini. No. Okay. Which position he played?
2: Because in? you mentioned <laughs> about this this final, 1994 final. He was the man who is responsible for bringing Milan that victory.
3: Savicevic. We'll be right. Right. Savicevic?
2: <laughs> Dayan Savicevic. So so he. Savitovic is my favourite Milan player of all time, mm. even up to now. So, before that, uh, of course, Milan entered to that match as, as underdogs. So, yeah. uh, the pressure is all on Barcelona to win. And and it, a lot of time, even the media was speculating that Barcelona would win. It's not just they will win, but how many goals they would trash Milan mm. and, and all that. And before that, <laughs> everybody is already talking about, okay, this is uh, Barcelona's cup. Is is their cup. So, the, they are under a lot of uh, pressure to win. So, so Milan entered it at, as underdogs. And Savicevic played the match of his, I would even say the match of his, his life. It he, he was four new and he was involved in four, all four goals. The first goal, he provided Masaro an assist. The second goal, scored by Masaro. well it was uh, Donadoni who, who made the cross. But if you look watch it again, Savicevic made a dummy run that drew two defenders away so that Massaro is open in the box to score that goal. The third goal was that lock he scored. Oh, uh, yep, yep. The third goal was <laughs> scored by Desai, <laughs> but before Desai scored the goal, it was Savicevic that hit the post, and then Barcelona cleared the ball out to midfield, and uh, somehow Desai got the ball, and then he scored. So, for me, Savicevic was involved in all four goals that night.
0: Hmm.
2: So, Can you just uh,
0: share with us what players Barcelona had at that time?
2: Uh, they, they, had,
0: Mario.
2: Uh, they Mario. had Mario, they had Stoichkov, they had a Ronnie yeah. uh, yes, Stoichkov, and they had a very young Pep Guardiola, yeah, mm. and they have uh, uh, Sergi bachwan mm. and uh, Barquero. and For me, uh, the 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 their best player, or Mar- he's also one of my favorite players didn't play that night, so maybe that was also one of the reasons why Barcelona lost. It is a Danish playmaker. Lundgren. Lundgren. So if, if Laudrup would have played, I think it might have been different because uh, Laudrup is someone who is very clever at making true passes and all that. And the way Milan defended that night, maybe one of Laudrup's or, or Laudrup's there, if he's passing and all that, he might help Barcelona open up the play or even like, like with him playing Mario or, or Stochkov might be able to. He might be able to give them a, a good ball, and then they might be able to score.
0: Mm. All right, Kelvin, you've been quiet. I think you've got something to ask now. Yeah,
2: man,
1: like you guys, I was just a fun fact. I was probably one or two years old when this all this thing was happening. Right. Um. So you know, I only watched football when <laughs> I think it was uh, in the 2000s. So, um. So I think that was a great period. Great dynasty AC Milan had um i think there was such a long tradition both the milan clubs had um, but they actually had quite a tough time uh in recent years i would say uh, you know uh, recent recent A, you know a lot of ups and downs um but this season however very very different i think they started off like last season maybe they were trying to uh they start playing well so milan sitting three points ahead with just a few more games to go guys maybe i'll start with uh, Fumas. Is this your season? Can the team go all the way this
3: season? Of course, we hope so. We hope we, this is a dream to win a Scudetto in this year will be a dream. But to be honest with you, I think when we start the season, all we were hoping for is actually to at least to get into the top four to secure yeah. the Champions League qualification. But then again, it seems that there is a genuine chances for this year, and if we can keep on winning, keep on. I think for yes, such a young squad, what we must keep actually will be the concentration. That will be the most important part, perhaps. So, if if we can keep that and win the remaining m- matches, then then it will be a dream come true. Yeah.
2: no no predictions for me because I don't want to jinx anything. <laughs> but I think now <laughs> it's
1: it's okay. Italian fan. So, but, yeah, I, Javier. I ask you a question, Javier. This this question for you. Maybe do you think that maybe? Uh, after singing, after sorry, after not singing, after seeing Inter Milan uh picking up the scudetto, uh, is there like an extra motivation for the Milan players? Say, hey man, Inter can do it, we're gonna do it as well.
2: Mm, the, there will always be this rivalry. I think you always want to do one better than they in in, in Italy, uh while Milan fans and, and Inter fans they call each other cugini, meaning cousins. So we are we are like cousins, we are we are family. So yeah. so if if uh, if you can win something and then rub it into to someone in in your family definitely that's something that you, want. Oh,
1: you know what An even better thing to say is you're keeping it in the family yeah. so whether it is uh the trophy is not going to go anywhere it's going to still be at senciro so it's either inter or ac milan but better for you guys uh, but, but yeah, right now this
2: cool. is uh it's very uh it's all within your like milan's control now you, you uh, are yeah. treat every match like a cup final right so don't don't drop. Points win every win win just win every game and then keep keep your focus just win every game and then the Scudetto will be yours. So in 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 short, just purely just need to tell the players treat every match like a cup final.
1: (laughs) As you can see, when we are talking about that, we are also excited. You see a certain person on your screen, uh, Ras, not having the best time of his life, (laughs) 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 seeing Inter Milan
0: trailing. But hey, man, Ras, what do you think? I think they can feel it already. I think they can sense it. The Scudetto is coming. Closer, he's just moving the other side of Milan, but still, he's gonna stay in Milan. I think. I think as a neutral, probably Inter and Milan fans would say, you know, rather the Scudetto stays in Milan and goes to Turin, right? <laughs> uh, that's a good.
1: That's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. That's a um, philosophical ab- way of
0: looking at it. <laughs> 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 but I mean, I'm not uh, giving up on it. But let's see.
1: Ras <laughs> is secretly um, you know, uh, that's, that's a true friend, man, true fan. Yeah. Um, Javier, this is for you, man. What what has been different? So, like I mentioned, um, you know, the dynasty before in the 90s, crazy, going in um, the whole season unbeaten. You also had the Carlo Angelotti's team, um, you know, the Kakas, um, you know, the Shevchenkos, you know, those team uh, where they had the Venus defence as well. Nesta, I remember, Nesta Kafu. Uh, their um That team was pretty good. Yep. And, then, and then it just suddenly had some kind of blip or something like that. Some kind of something happened. Um, but what what would you say in your opinion, what has uh, has been different this season compared to the previous seasons leading up to this season?
2: What what is different? I think because uh I I would say now the, the players are, are getting more familiar with purely. Uh, and, and, and his, his style, and also uh, the growth of, of certain uh, players. I think uh, you could see that uh, a lot of players this year, like people like Leao like benasse like uh, Tonali and all that, they have uh, really improved a lot this season. And also uh, two Frenchmen, I would have to say. First is the goalkeeper. My Meneon, uh, he, he, he is totally really exceeded uh, my, my expectation. In fact, I think a lot of uh, Milan fans didn't really expect him to be that. Is good. he better
1: than Donnarumma, in your
2: opinion? Obviously, Ooh. obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Hems- game, right? <laughs> <laughs> <Donna> <laughs> and then the other one is, uh, maybe again, uh, people were very uh, skeptical of him, but uh, he came in, he scored a lot of crucial goals, Olivier Giroud.
1: Oliver Giroud, it's yeah, a very useful, it. very useful player. Yep. So, for yep. us,
2: what, 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 do you think? For for, I think for another year? reason would
3: be, I mean, uh, another reason why we we're having the different this year is the, our squad is getting better. We have a uh, better squad roster, you no. Know? In the last year we lost uh, ibrahimovi and we don't have any more strike power we lost Ke- cassie or benasse most of the part of the season we don't have any substitute but now we have Tonali. and then the for you know we are missing the the original uh, pairing between uh kia and also Romanoli but now we have a new center back they are basically they are making a statement this is really helpful actually Maldini is making a, building a very strong squad actually very young as well
1: yeah, yeah, very very young. Uh, the person I think impressed me in defense, uh, uh, you know, is actually Tomori. Yes. Um, very. I think I thought I saw him play a couple of times for Chelsea. So I watched a lot of English football, and I thought he was a decent player already. I was very surprised they let him go, and then he just went to Italian Syria. He he actually learned Italian or something like that. You know, to to,
2: yeah, to, yeah.
1: to better, uh, you know. Communicate with the, with the players. So, amazing, amazing stuff. Uh, I think, uh, in my opinion, is this season, is actually Milan's uh, season to lose. I'm very surprised you guys didn't mention too much about Zlatan Ibramovic. I mean, this guy is amazing. You know, what? Is he going to play till he's... Oh, is he 40 already? Maybe he's
2: 40. He's, he's 40. Yeah, he's 40, 40. He's maybe 40, like 40, 40, 40, 41 40. Or something. His next birthday, he will be 40, 41. This guy is
1: insane. I watched it, I read an article about him, and he was like, Uh, if I, I do not play football anymore, the football will miss me, or something like that, because he's Latin, right? He can he can say whatever he wants. Uh, moving on to the talking about players now, moving on mm-hmm. to players, right? Um,
0: let me handle so this first.
1: Oh, sorry, Russ, Russ will take it from here.
0: Yeah, we go back to old school first,
1: all right? Okay,
0: so just gonna ask you guys now, not um. This one's for Fawaz. Who would you say were the most underrated players in that Milan team of the
3: 90s? Okay, uh, to be honest with you, initially I was about to say Marco Simone, but I saw you posted about him, (laughs) so I changed my mind. So now I'm going to say uh, the other one will be Dimitri Albertini. Not many people remember him. I mean... Uh, When people talk about Albertini, they don't put him in the same record as Pirlo, perhaps. But he was the guy before the... I mean, he's the hybrid between Gattuso and Pirlo. He can do both. So he also has a good vision. And in many ways, he's a model professional. I always love him as a player. And even until today, I always feel that he is better than Pirlo. So he will be my favorite player as well in the 90s.
2: Okay, o- for me, my, my pick will be different from uh, Farrar, so I'll go with uh, Filippo Galli. Uh, mm, not many not people always. remember him because people yeah. only remember what they call the Ministry of Defense. So, the, yeah. the, the backline of Tastotti, uh, mm-hmm. Maldini, Barese, and Costa Cuta, they were nicknamed the Ministry of Defense by, uh, Paolo, uh, by Carlo Palaghetti. He's a Milan journalist who covered Milan for, for 40 years, so he nicknamed mm-hmm. them the Ministry of Defense. But there is a fifth beater, which is Filippo uh, Galli. So, Galli was the guy who, whenever one of the four was injured or couldn't play, he is the fifth guy that would step in uh, and then he would be and he would fit in, I would say seamlessly into that that back four whenever one one of the four couldn't play. So, he also played with that unit. He, he was also a player from Saki time to Capello's time. So, so, he was someone who is uh, familiar with those four and And at any time where one of those couldn't play, he would fit in seamlessly.
0: All right, right, fantastic, man. Um, I think, I just want to ask both of you, the goalkeepers don't get too much uh, attention from that team, Sebastiano Rossi especially. (laughs) Never played for Italy as well. Uh, But of course, back then, Italy had so many great goalkeepers to choose from. But um, your opinion on him is a bit of a madcap character.
2: Uh, for, for me, well, uh, I, I would say I, I still prefer, let's say, if you want uh, to, to look at maybe the Italian keepers. and I, I would still take Giovanni Galli, the keeper from uh, Saki time, over over uh, mm. Sebastiano Rossi. Mm. Or if you ask me whether if I would pick him or Dida, I would pick Dida over Rossi too. Okay, cool, <laughs>
0: cool. So ask yourself on Rossi.
3: I think Rossi is reliable, but he is not spectacular. <laughs> That's the thing. is a very simple way to put him. Very simple.
0: <laughs> okay. All right, guys. Now we're going to do a bit of fun stuff now. I'm going to ask both of you. We're uh, going to show some pictures here. And I want to get your opinion on these players. These are all attacking players. Okay. All right. Okay, so let me just get the picture up. First picture would be this guy here. Okay. Oh. Javier first, your opinion on this player.
2: Okay, uh, he he's a, a great player, but uh, for, for me, I find that he's a scorer of great goals, but but not a great goal scorer. I had a lot of expectations on him when he first joined Milan, but uh, in terms of the, the goal output and all that, he didn't really score that many, uh, I mean, his, his goal ratio, he, he didn't really have a great goal ratio while he was at Milan, but... Uh, people remember him because he scored a lot of spectacular. So, so yeah. for me, I would say he's a scorer of great goals, but not a great goal scorer. But okay. obviously a great player, a very skillful player.
0: Yeah. So the person we're talking about here, for George those Behr. listening in, is George Weah. Mm. Fawaz, your opinion?
3: He's a very strong player as well. Uh, but I think he never managed to replicate his form when he was at uh, PSG before. But still, as Javier uh, as, uh, put, he managed to score some very beautiful goals, especially the one where he basically dribbled almost an entire team. Yeah. Was it this game? Verona. Verona, Verona. Verona, so yeah, yeah. He dribbled the
2: entire the team. team. It was a corner, a yeah. Verona corner yeah. that landed on his feet and then he just dribbled the coast-to-coast. Coast, mm. He just dribbled the entire
0: team. In his red boots. Right.
3: Oh yes. <laughs>
0: okay, so next player is this guy here. Let's see who we got. Interesting player, this one. This one just don't laugh, okay? When I show you his picture. Okay. <laughs> Ibrahim Ba Fawaz, <laughs> your opinion.
3: Okay. Uh, every time I heard, the I will always remember he is a good, very good, good friend to Paolo Maldini he is also a squad player not very spectacular i mean in many ways i don't think he will fit in the uh, saki teams but mm. he is reliable and he will basically helps the team when mm. uh, w- whenever he is called upon <laughs>
2: mm. okay javier for me he is the guy that calls uh, milan luis figo so back then uh, when <laughs> milan had a chance to sign two players it was between him and Figo. So at that time Galliani went to, to went went to scout uh, both players. In the end he came back and said let's sign bar. So even up to today I still I'm still very beautiful. So imagine <laughs> yeah. if, if Milan had signed uh, Luis Figo instead, what what would what would be I mean yeah, it, it would be different, okay. It will be different, so this guy. Uh, don't show me this picture, he makes me think of the, the so called what could have if been what could have, have been, been. So what if, the what if Milan sank Louis Pico instead of this
0: guy? Okay, not going to show you his picture, taking yeah. it down. <laughs> next player, okay, next player, this guy here, Jean Pierre Papan. Oh, Javier, uh.
2: For me I think he okay, he, he came here as a Valondo winner and uh, expectations on uh were so pretty high on him. But yeah. to me I find that because when, when he came over he wasn't really uh, given the opportunity to play. It's not necessarily <laughs> his fault because back then there was only the there were the, the three foreigners. yes. Yeah. And most of the time, and his time was also with the time where the three Dutchmen were around. So when the three Dutchmen were playing, he pretty much couldn't play. He only plays whenever uh, Van Basten was not playing. So uh, I, okay, I, I remember him scoring uh, maybe some some uh, pretty pretty good goals and all that. But for me, I find that he could have been better utilized uh, if there there wasn't the three foreigner rules.
0: Hmm. Okay,
3: so us- Papan was the Giroud before the Giroud <laughs> he will <laughs> to score all those acrobatic goals and he also has, I mean, he will be the perfect partner for Van Basten in many ways but I think the moment he arrived at Milan uh, Van Basten started to get injury and that was a bit pity, they will complement each other perfectly but as uh, Javier said, I think the rules that time was not favouring Milan or else we will I think Milan will conquer the world in many yeah. by winning many more trophy trophies if they were able to have more uh, players actually.
2: Because Capello had six world class foreign players and he could only play three at any one time. Yeah,
0: yeah. So that was the foreign player rule that there was there in the Italian football. And it, it uh, was practiced in European football as well.
2: Uh, yes, back then in in uh, European and in domestic uh, or like uh, European football, and also in a lot of the European domestic league, uh, they had this three three foreigner rule in place.
0: Yeah, correct. Now this one, I'm sure you have many nice words to say about him.
2: Oh, obviously. Uh, legend. I think uh, maybe one of the, okay, one of the best best strikers that have ever played. The game of
0: football. Yeah, wow. With I him, agree. pretty
2: much, uh, he he was like. Uh, in fact, you the the most. I would say he is the most complete uh, striker ever. He had a- everything. He he won uh, players he height. He has the height. He has the strength. He has the uh, physique. He has elegance. Mm-hmm. He has that first touch Everything. Mm-hmm.
3: For us, anything you want. Only add he that- is elegant, but he will. Van yeah, yeah, was yeah. not only elegant, but he will also do lots of things. You will see that as if he was not uh, sweating at all, he will look very calm, very. I mean, smooth operator. And I will. This will be. He will be my always be my favorite striker ever. And the way he will score goals from every position, from every way, then he will be my. I would say he was the still the best player, best striker Milan ever have.
0: All right, nice. It's not over yet. We've got a few more. So, this guy. I would say it was uh, one of the most important players from that 99 winning squad. Ah. Uh. Fawaz. Behoff.
3: <laughs> okay, Oliver uh, so Behoff. All right. Uh, <laughs> okay, a very good header. Uh I think the way that Milan won the Scudetto in 1999 was basically mainly uh, because of his head, and the team was basically set up in order to to maximize his potential in, uh, especially in a, by heading the crossing, kind of thing. Uh, and also, I also somehow I also remember that after he left Milan, he joined Cavo Verona and had a fight with Maldini. I think they were basically punching each other that time. Maybe Javier remembers that incident.
2: Yeah, I, I kind of re- remember. I don't know what. Maybe it was. Uh, I I I couldn't remember what what was it, but could be something. Uh, he he mocked Maldini or Maudini mocked him over, and then uh, could be just a, a friendly jab, but it turned turned <laughs> quite, quite ugly. Baby. But really, uh, Bierhoff, uh, he was an air monster. So in in the uh, 1999 Scudetto winning uh, season, he scored uh, 20 goals. 15 of them were from headers.
0: Okay, this guy now is coming up on your screen, my favorite player of all time. Javier, what are you going to say? Uh,
2: I would say he he is uh, the most uh, technically gifted Italian player of his generation. Mm. So, very uh, technically gifted, very creative. Uh maybe had a bit of uh, bad luck uh, when it comes to to injuries and maybe when it comes to his international career and all that, he just couldn't win an international trophy. So that is something uh, which is of a a disappointment.
3: Yeah. For us? I also love Baggio. But I think during that period, uh, most of the Italian coaches, including Capello, unfortunately, and later, uh, even Ancelotti declined to sign him. I think they do not know how to use him best. That was very unfortunate. Uh, they consider him as a lousy player, but then if if they only play him the way that Carlo Mazzoni play him Mazzone, in yeah. uh, at that, that time, yeah, then he was a player. You. you saw all his goals. I mean, sublime uh, task, oh, man. Unfortunately, he wasn't able yeah. to replicate his form at Juventus.
0: Yeah, at Milan. Yep, I gotta agree with that. But he won managed to win one Scudetto with Milan. Yeah. Now uh, this guy, Pawas. Your favorite player, right?
3: Hawass. Okay. Also, the reason you became a fan. Have of favorite player now. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yep. Uh, f- first of all, of course, the hair, flamboyant, and the moustache as well. I mean, to be yeah, having this kind and... of uh, appearance, you mean? <laughs> okay. And also, he is not many people realize it. He is someone with a very much high philosophy. Remember when he won the Belo de all He uh he basically attributed it to Mandela, and also lots of other things. Lots of he was the most important player. I mean, when Fernandinho for Milan in nineteen eighty-seven, he was injured most of the time. He didn't play, but Gullit was the main man. He was the player who basically took Milan, helped Saki, and even as Saki will describe him as a robot because of his physical attributes. And Maradona himself will call him as one of the best uh, trecotis, trecostista ever in Italian mm. football. I love him.
2: Okay. Javier. If uh, Van Basten is the complete striker, Hulit is the complete footballer. He can do do anything. He can play anywhere and he has all the attributes that you want uh, as a professional. Not just a footballer, but a professional athlete. He is tall. He has the strength. He has the physique. He has the athleticism. He has the flair. Everything you want in a footballer. And uh, you can play him pretty much in any outfield position. And he wouldn't like be out of position, he wouldn't be lost and all that. He would just fit mm. in nicely.
0: All right, fantastic. One last player. I got one last player for you. Is this guy, Zonimir Boban. Javier.
2: For me, I think he's a, well he a warrior, he's a leader. So <laughs> the, the thing is he is very charismatic, he's very vocal. And then I think his most uh, memorable incident was when he was playing uh, with In Belgrade. Vietnam, yeah. where, yes, a, a Serbian policeman was attacking the fan, and then he just went over and 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 he attacked the policeman and all that. So he became a, a national hero. But of course, as a player, he he was uh, I would say again very technically gifted, uh, with a very great field vision. Someone. Yeah. Had, of the game, someone let's say, uh, I would say he was the, the one of the main players too in that 1999 uh, Scudetto season because uh, Zaccaroni at the time was playing a 3 4 3 for most of the season, but for the final seven games, he switched to a 3 4 1 2 and he played Boban as the, the one as the number 10 playmaker in that final seven games. That made a difference. So, because with po- Boban playing number 10 role, Milan won the last final seven
0: all right over to you kelvin so man crazy attacking
1: players uh, crazy crazy attacking players uh, but let me just jump straight to it so what i'm going to do is uh, i know we you guys had some uh, you know great list of players but not including you know you had you guys had uh, ronaldinho uh, you know hmm. play for ac milan you had ronaldo and i think one player missing there was shevchenko i know he came a bit late but i think he for me was the complete striker before he left for for Chelsea and totally screwed up his career? Um, you know, for me, name, I think
2: he, he, he was the closest player to ever, uh, he, he's the closest player to Van Basten. I Van think Basten did, yeah, that yeah, is the yeah. highest yeah. compliment I can Maybe. pay to Chenko.
1: Hundred percent. He was. I think people used to fear playing with him. It's like, oh my god, yeah. Shevchenko is playing. Oh my god, what the hell?
0: We and, used to fear playing against him. Yeah, I know. I see him. I see his
1: name on the. Uh, I'll get real. Uh, um, but okay, let me just jump straight into it. I will give you guys some names, and these these are defenders now. Um, I'm sorry, I cannot tell you things. I cannot ask you for uh, you know defenders back in the 90s because I have no idea who they are um but i can give you something more current more recent maybe in the last 15 years or you know somewhere around there um, and okay, this just is don't be with
2: from... uh Harry Maguire,
1: please. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that is the worst ever! Like, I would not even include his name, nothing. Uh, <laughs> how do you know I'm a United supporter? Is it or like, is it pretty obvious?
2: No, <laughs> because the thing here is, uh, I, I I watch a lot of EPL too. For me, I think, uh, maybe for the past decade or so, uh. I have become more like a, a football fan rather than a Milan fan. So in a sense that I've been watching a lot more other different leagues uh, and I've watching a lot more other different uh, matches and all that. So, so so long if your team plays pretty football, I'll watch.
1: Uh, one thing we all learned from Harry Maguire is how not to defend in a football yeah, yeah. How not to do anything. Uh, you know, I saw an article today as well. And it's uh, going viral whereby they were playing the, the tiki-taka, you know, like the monkey
0: in the they play Rondo. And
1: yeah, 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 the handle. Uh, and then he's just, he just uh, stopped the ball and then Henderson went to look at him It's was like, what the hell are you doing? Uh, which was quite funny. So let me give you guys a, a couple of defenders, uh, you know, from the yesteryears and also currently. And um, so I will start with Javier. I'll give you one name and the first word in your mind um, that you can describe this defender. You're going to let me know. I will start with Paolo Maldini, Javier.
2: Paolo Maldini, I would say loyalty. If you loyalty. want to ask me, the first word, twenty-five years with Milan, and then that—that uh, that is not something that you would see nowadays. Like uh, a one-club man, uh, a true professional. So for Maldini, first word, I will say is loyalty.
1: Loyalty is a good word for us. For you, Alessandro Nesta. Wow,
3: well, elegance.
1: The elegant defender,
3: yeah, yep, yes, I he was, like, many uh, ways of,
1: like the no nonsense defender. I remember him and Fabio Cannavaro in the World Cup, and like, oh my god, these two guys, Cannavaro is oh. the no
0: nonsense one, yeah, yeah. Is, like,
2: you know, let's he's let's let's after let's you. The really that air of elegance <laughs> is when it comes to defending, really, yeah. a very stylish, very classy, so, if, 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 you, so you know. if, if you watch the 80s and all that, his style is quite similar to one of the very classy, elegant uh, sweeper of the 80s. Have you heard of the name uh, Getano Shiria?
3: Yeah, I've heard of skipper.
2: Shiria was a very elegant... He, are, their styles are, their style are quite similar. Mm.
3: Yep.
1: Very interesting. Then you guys had the Dutch monster, uh, Yapstam. Javier, Yapstam, what do you feel?
2: Uh... Colossus <laughs> because he played he, he played with Lazio too he played in Rome and all that so i yeah. would use a rome uh, landmark to describe okay. this this fellow i think he he's just a, a towering presence in defense so uh, rock solid very strong on the ball uh, i have to just use a, a rome landmark to describe him
1: it's crazy this guy even as a manager walking along the touchline i think he <laughs> was anything reading <laughs> He looks like he's going to beat up the next manager beside him. You know, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah, stump. Uh, for us, for you, this guy probably yeah. my favourite right back after, you know, I like Danny Alves, but this guy, Kafu, um, you know, one okay. of the best right backs that played the game. Uh, you know, what's 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 your take on it?
3: The first word.
2: The tree. The tree. Uh, Candolino. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> The train, they, yeah. they, they call him Pendolino, which is the, the express train that travels between Rome and Milan. Yep. So that's the name of <laughs> Pendolino. That's the nickname they, they gave Kafu when he was playing. Very accurate. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, uh, next name, Javier. Alessandro costa Carta? I know you guys spoke about him earlier. Um, <laughs> You know, one word from him. Professor. Professor of Defense.
2: Billy. 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 Because uh, for him, he is very uh, intelligent. So in a way, for, for him, I mean, uh, a journalist once wrote about Costa Cuta to say that he's someone who doesn't move a lot. Like sometimes uh, during a full game, he may only run for 10, 15 minutes, but he's someone who, who can defend without having to run. That's the so, best
1: kind of defending.
2: Yeah, he's he, Someone just, uh, a journalist wrote about him, he's the type of defender who could defend without having to run. So, Professor.
1: Professor.
3: For us, for you, Tiago Silva. Okay, okay. for me, Tiago Silva, I will always call him apprentice. <laughs> apprentice?
0: Apprentice? Uh, why?
3: <laughs> yeah, I remember him. Uh, Nesta was basically, uh, he was actually taken in uh, to replace Maldini and Milesta was basically guiding him to partner him and that's why I always remember him as an apprentice to the team. Amazing,
1: amazing. He learned
3: well then I must say.
1: Yeah, Yeah, crazy. And now you look at him what a defender. And uh, uh, now, even,
2: even at his age now, he's still playing incredibly well. I mean, yeah, for, yeah, for yeah. his age, uh, it's is really amazing for someone who is like, I think he's like 37, 38 now, but he's still playing yeah. like he was maybe in his late, late uh, 20s, early 30s.
1: He needs yeah. to teach Maguire how to defend, I think, yeah, yeah. defend. And, and the
2: amazing thing about him is he can still jump. I mean, how, how could someone at 37, 38 still, still jump so high? I mean, you would have lost your, your athleticism. Well, there's
1: certain,
3: there's
1: certain someone is
3: called Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> um, for us, uh, Gianluca yeah. Zambrota. Okay, Zambrota, uh, what should I call him? Uh, Zambrota here. I think he can, uh, versatility.
1: Okay, yes. He can right play back, in both back, sides.
3: Back. Okay, in midfield as well. Yeah. yeah. I think he Actually, started his career as, started as a winger, right? Yeah,
1: correct. Yeah. Okay, so versatility. So more current ones for you now, uh, Javier. We spoke about him earlier. Tomori,
2: Fikayo Tomori. Mm, I would call him The Rock because he his style reminds me a little bit of Desai, I mean how he play and how Desai used to play, I could see some similarities. And Desai was just a rock solid player. So Tomori would be the rock.
1: Wow. For us, Simon, yeah. Kajir, yeah. oh,
3: yeah. 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 Simon
1: Jair. Yeah.
3: yeah, he will be the Viking.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> nice the Viking.
3: The
2: real Viking.
1: Yes, uh, man. This guy can. This guy can defend.
2: Um, Javier yeah. Alessio Romanoli. Romanoli. Uh, okay. For him, this is a bit tough because uh, I, I don't really rate him as highly as uh, maybe most most uh Milan supporters. So I will call him overrated. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: I got to say, yeah, it's been disappointing. I expected more from him as an Italian fan, but. Uh, okay.
2: So yeah. I think Fawaz also agree with uh, my assessment that he is overrated. We agree. Oh, that's a good I one.
3: have that's
1: to. That's a good honest opinion. least is an honest opinion. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great
3: one. We expect Fawaz. much more from him.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes Fawaz, Theo Hernandez.
3: Oh, speedster.
1: Oh, yes. Uh, I think Very this guy... Very fast. And he can score goals, man.
3: Of course. Fantastic uh, as well.
1: Theo Hernandez, what a good player. Okay, really, uh, quickly, my last question for you guys. Javier, who is your player of the season so far? Uh,
2: okay, I've mentioned his name uh, earlier in the interview, and I'll, I'll bring it up again. Mike Manion, I guess uh, for him, he was the, the guy that uh, really surprised me the most, because when he first came over, people were, expectations on him were not really so high. And and he was replacing Donnarumma, who had an excellent uh, Euro tournament. So so back then, people were saying, wow, this guy, uh, he came from the French League. And uh, well, with all due respect to the French League, uh, Ligue 1 is uh, maybe a league when compared to Serie A. People would always think that it is an inferior league when compared yeah. to, to mm. Serie A. So Agreed. can this guy really uh, so perform well? And he's replacing one keeper, which is... Uh, Maybe the star performance of the European Championship. So mm. so from what I've seen so far, wow, well, I'm totally impressed with this guy. And the way he plays and all that, his composure, he's and as a modern day keeper, you have to be someone who is who, who is able to play with your feet. Someone who is like a keeper sweeper, someone who who is uh, not uh, who, who has to be comfortable playing the ball out with your feet. And, Totally he has done that. I really, really, I'm really, really impressed. I hope he can stay at Milan for a long, long time.
1: Very nice. us, what about you?
3: Uh, I think I will suggest Leo, uh, Rafael Liao. I think oh. the one player who Milan cannot replace uh, throughout the season will be Liao. When he is out, then Milan cannot play. Uh, he will provide us with the speed, the great pace. And I think we all know that Serie a is basically a very slow league. And the only player in Milan who actually can, uh, besides Theo, of course, will, will provide these kinds of speed and pace will be Liao. And also amazing dribbler as well. And if he can be more consistent, I think he will he have everything to, to become a future Ballon d'Or winner.
1: Oh, interesting you say that. Interesting you said that. All right, back oh, to you, Rasky.
2: I have uh, so very high hopes on, on Liao as well. Yes, and I hope uh, I, I don't know, I mean he, he will be one of the key players for Portugal, I would say. After Cristiano Ronaldo retire, I think he will be one of Portugal's key players. Mm. Nice,
0: nice, Okay. Okay. Nice. Um, early on, Kelvin was talking about defenders. I think very, very quickly before we wrap up the show, I'm going to pay tribute to Franco Baresi. You're not spoken you, enough about him yeah. fantastic fantastic it. defender and you know I mean he is not just a, like a you know man marker a tough tackling defender he read the game very well and he had always this attacking impetus he always brought the ball out from defense to attack to midfield and just just early on today I was just watching this uh, highlights on on a game Italy played against Holland back in 1991 1990. And he set up an assist for Baggio to score the winning goal. And that was from his own half. He brought the ball out to midfield, laid it on. Uh, got a bit of deflection on the way to Baggio. But, you know, that was the kind of player he was. You know, I think I'm very impressed looking at the way Maldini played. Uh, sorry, Baresi played. Barezi. Yeah, Maldini, of course, always uh, also Barezi. a favourite of mine uh, as a defender. But, yeah, Barezi, I think. Top player. All right, guys. Thanks a lot for sharing your memories with us, Javier and Fawaz. I hope you would. Uh, I hope you had enjoyed this time as well. Yep, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Listening to yep, you as well. very much.
2: Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Welcome. Thank my you. pleasure. My pleasure. And I thanks hope, for having me. Yep. Yeah. Welcome, Fawaz. I hope you would uh, share this as well with all the Milan fans in Singapore and Malaysia, and, and if you know anyone else beyond. Definitely. Beyond these two countries, you know, by all means, please share it with them. We want to share the love with them, with all the Milan fans. Even though I'm not a Milan fan, but still, technically respect, you
1: are. It's yeah. a different thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, guys, thanks, and we are signing out. <laughs> Peace out from all right, with all right. us. Good night,
2: everyone. Good, all right, night. good night. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.